Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. Heavenly Father, Lord God, that's our heart cry right there is is for your Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus to lead us in every single area of our life, Lord God, that we may see with your eyes the bigger picture, the bigger plan. Father, the, the world has failed us. But the world doesn't have the ability to do anything but fail us. So Lord God, help us to shift our eyes off of the world and onto you. Lord God, to begin to live that out. Lord God, to begin to model that. Lord God, that that you have for us, that that you've had for us since the beginning. Lord God, when each one of us came to you that first time, crying out to you, and Lord, our life was radically changed. Help us to recapture those memories and that excitement, Lord God. And get out of the muck and the mire that the world pulls us to. So Spirit, Spirit, lead us. Help us to be humble. Help us to be submissive. Lord, if you say no, then we won't do it. Lord, if you say go, then give us that ability and that boldness. Lord, if you tell us to let go of something, Lord... Help us to open up our hands because we need help with every single thing, Lord God. That is is the confession of humility. Jesus, I can't do it on my own. Jesus, I don't want to do it on my own. I need you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father, what an exciting time to be alive. And you have destined each one of us to be alive in this moment. So Lord God, help us to look around and see the things going on that that are failing. And help us, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to use our actions, to use our voices, to use our abilities to lead people to hope, to lead people to faith, and to lead people to love ultimately, to lead them to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. What a beautiful day. What a beautiful time. So Jesus, we lift you high today. We glorify you. We pray this in your name. And everyone shouted, Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. What a great day to be in church. Amen? You guys agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, kids, let's just get you kids out of here. You guys can be dismissed downstairs, make a noise, be loud. We don't mind. Be good to the teachers, though. Always be good to the teachers. All right. For all the adults staying, 
We have a couple quick announcements, really quick announcements. A lot of you guys know what's going on, um, but some of you don't. The Bridge Baby Basket Bonanza is going on right now. All the baskets disappeared the first Sunday, um, which is awesome. And more came back today, I'm assuming, Gail. Did more come back already? We have 13, so we're not quite half of them are back. That's okay because they're not due back until next Sunday. So if you took a basket, make sure you bring that basket full and ready to roll by next Sunday. Amen? And then on the 14th, Monday, which is Valentine's Day, I'll be taking them down to options. It's always fun. And then the bridge business meeting and potluck, because we got a Put the and potluck in there. That will be the next Sunday, February 20th. So two weeks from today, we will have our annual business meeting. That will be after the potluck. So we'll do service. We'll eat because we love eating. And then we'll do the business meeting. I want to encourage everyone to be here on that Sunday. The message is specific. Um, we're going to take just that Sunday break from the series that we're in. And God's really laid upon my heart a, a message that I'm very excited about. Let me say this. It's not just for, for regular church attendees. If, if you guys know anybody within your spheres of influence that are going through a hard time, that are just kind of going through the motions that Sunday would be a great time to come. It'd be a great message. And is there anybody in here who doesn't know? Anybody who's not going through a hard time? That's the age we live in, right? It, you don't have to look too far and say, oh my goodness, that person's in a bad place or that person has lost hope. Maybe it's you. Um, it's just the way it is. Please be here for that message. And then, of course, following, we have a potluck. It's always good to have fellowship, and then the business meeting as well. Monday prayer, 1 to 3, 7 to 9, like always, come in here. If the church is open, you can come in. Um, last Monday, the 1 to 3 p.m., it was really nice. It was weird. I came in um, with some specific questions for God, right? Not like, God, are, are you real? Do you exist? No, just questions of like, okay, God, help me understand this and, and help me understand what's happening and what's going on. And, and it's funny because there were two other guys here and we just got in a conversation, right? And it's like, wait, this is supposed to be prayer time. I'm not supposed to talk to anybody. But through that conversation, God was answering my prayers in so many ways. It's like, man, I didn't know the voice of God sounded like these two guys. Um <laughs> I guess God has a Montana accent. Um, but that's what happens when we humble ourselves and we, we commit to that. So if you can, get here between 1, one and 3 or, or 7 to 9. You don't have to stay the full two hours of either of those. Um, but sometimes just getting in here for a few minutes. And sometimes it's the conversation while you're leaving that God really speaks. He speaks in so, different, so many different ways. And uh, all too often we say, well, I'm just not hearing God. And most of the time it's because we're not listening. Um, so please do that. Please consider that. And then um, this Tuesday is the second Tuesday of the... Dave. Your announcement says the 27th for the annual business meeting, but the overhead says the 20th. So which one is it? 
It's the It's the 27th, of course. Go put that. <laughs> is the third. Well, what day is this? <laughs> We're having it sometimes. So is that still two weeks from today? That's three. So because the soup. Yeah, we always do it the weekend after the Super Bowl. There's two Super Bowls? We're having two? Okay, so when are we having... Is there any board members in here? When did we agree? The Sunday after the Super Bowl, which is the 20th. The slide is right. Right? The Super Bowl is next Sunday, which is the 13th. In the twentieth, so the twentieth. Go by my notes, not the the twentieth. We're having it. The slide is right. The bulletin is wrong. The slide is right. The bulletin is is wrong. Okay, because there's five Sundays in this month or something probably. We'll we'll we'll. Just, the slide is right. It's the twentieth. I'll be ready. I'll be ready to have a potluck. All that good stuff. All right. Three ways to give, like always. You can give online. You can the giving boxes. You can mail it to 725 Granite Avenue. All those good things. We love, um, we love to extend this opportunity to you because God loves a joyful giver. He likes, to, uh, he likes us to worship in every aspect of our life, and that is just one more aspect that we can... Uh, we can worship with. All right, you guys ready to get started? Now I'm all flustered, <laughs> diverted, and numbers and dates and all that stuff. Let's pray. I need to pray. Father, Lord, again, thank you. Help us to focus upon you this morning and, and not get focused on, on other things or, or deviated from other things. But Lord God, we want to focus upon your word. Holy Spirit, we ask that you enlighten this word to us, Lord God, that you open up our heart, you open up our eyes, you open up our brains, Lord God. Once again, we ask that, Lord, our, our brain doesn't check out in this time. Lord God, speak to both heart and mind, Lord God, so that we can together within our own selves walk in the path that you have laid out for us. So, Lord God, we pray for those that are still sick, those that are dealing with um, losses because of sicknesses or, or anything like that. Lord God, we just ask for healing, your healing touch upon, Lord, upon this community, upon this nation, upon this world, we ask that you bring your healing touch. Lord God, give us the confidence that, that we need to have that only exists in you. And this morning, Lord God, let me speak everything that is glorifying to you. Lord God, whatever you have for me to say, help me to say that, articulate it in, a, in an appropriate manner. And Lord God, if it is not of you, Lord God, then, then shut my mouth. Just keep it shut because today is all about you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. And everyone once again shout it out. Amen. Amen. So a couple, more than a couple days ago, I think it was last Monday, I had somebody approach me and ask, hey, are, are, is there any opportunity for us to have a Good Friday service. How many of you in here have been a part of a Good Friday service? 
we do have some people. I never have. So I was like, man, I've, I've never been a part of a Good Friday service, but I would be totally open to it. Let me now ask you this. How many of you guys would be interested in having a Good Friday service? It would be a lot like the Christmas Eve service. It would be scaled down. It'd be an hour. Um, I'm thinking about it. I'm being kind of led toward that. So if you guys or in support of that. I don't want to say, hey, we're having a Good Friday service and it'd be Amy and Zana and I here. And maybe Jen. Jen will be here singing and then we'll be like, and well, maybe Tamara, but you know. But if, we're, if we want to have one, let's have one. And this, it's anything that we can do to open up our doors to the community and invite people in. So as of right now, let's plan on having a Good Friday service I know when that is. That's the Friday before Easter. I don't know the date. I don't know the number. I just know it's the Friday before. And then, of course, we'll have our, our normal Easter service that Sunday. So we'll do Friday and Sunday. Very different services, though. Amen? Something to get excited about, right? It's also exciting because spring is coming. Spring is coming. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. All right. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Who cares? We don't, yeah. Get your taxes done early. There you go. <laughs> Fix that. So we are in this message, this series um, on First John. It's called No Middle Ground. We've been on it for a little bit. Um, we're on part 16 today. Um, and today is actually a continuation of last week's message. So last week's message, we, I couldn't get all of this in, so I had to split that portion into two messages. And there's reasons for that, and, and I always trust in God with that. If you have missed any of the messages and you want the handout, um, I do a handout each week for this series. We'll have those available at the end of the service. I have everything from um, the first part all the way to part 16. So if you want to grab any of those, grab them. As always, you can you can get on YouTube or Facebook and check out that message if you want to listen to it again. But like I said today, we're going to be picking it up from where we were. And last week, if you were here and you were listening, it, at least for me, it was very, it was an informative message, right? We talked a lot on First John, Chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, it, it really serves as instructions, right? And I think we all appreciate instructions, right? Especially when it comes to, to, to God's Word, because it can be confusing sometimes. But, but verses 1 through 3 serves as instructions on how to live, really how to live out our faith, and really where we are to seek knowledge and wisdom from. Now, we live in a world where there's information overload. We can get knowledge from anywhere. Wisdom's a little bit different. But where should we be attaining our knowledge and wisdom from? That's the question that each one of us need to ask ourselves. 1 John 4, 1 through 3 is also a warning for us to keep our eyes open, right? To keep our minds engaged and our hearts in tune with the Holy Spirit. It's so easy in our daily lives, to get distracted. The busyness of, of yesterday and today and tomorrow and all these things that I need to get done, we get so busy we can sometimes forget to involve the Holy Spirit 
within our lives. These are important principles because there are those around us, those who have a platform, those who have influence, who, who claim to speak for God, but in fact, when tested against the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit, they are preaching something very different. That's the whole reason that, that John is addressing these churches right here, way back then, but the same thing is happening right now. See, as Christians, we are to be cautious and vigilant. How many of you guys are vigilant when it comes to truth and what you're allowing into your life? That's a, that's a big word, being vigilant. No, I just kind of, well, I sometimes read my Bible and a lot of people tell me these things. No, we need to guard those things, right? We guard our heart. We guard the things, the words that are coming at us. We've got to be cautious. We've got to be vigilant. And as John says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God. What great foundational principles these are. Test! John's saying test it, test it. If they're telling you, don't just believe it, but test it. Paul, my goodness, the, the, the second greatest theologian of the entire Bible behind Jesus himself, when he went to, to different places, when he went to Berea, the people, the church in Berea, they didn't just believe Paul because of his credentials, but rather they listened to what Paul said, they went home, they studied the scriptures to make sure that Paul was preaching the truth. We should be doing no less. See, taking a relaxed, oh man, I'm a relaxed kind of Christian, right? A couch potato. We don't want to be a couch potato Christian. Being this spectator and having a spectator approach to our faith can have immediate consequences. And it can have eternal consequences. Now, I'm in no way, no way am I saying that there's not good, solid, biblical, sound teachings, really good stuff out there that is, that is really a great benefit to each one of us. All I'm doing is simply echoing John here. And I want to spur you on to treat your faith with the respect that it deserves. Amen? Amen. We treat a lot of other things in our life with a lot of respect, right? We treat our job a certain way. Oh, I got to do this. Our, our relationships, our friendships. So oh, I, I, I better be vigilant here and I, I need to expend a lot of energy and put a lot of time over here. And some people love their vehicles or their houses or their hobbies and, and we treat those at an elevated level. But sometimes we don't do that same thing with our faith and we need to be doing it with our faith. We need to be testing everything against Scripture as we are led by the Holy Spirit. Now, as informative, instructional, and I would even say as convicting as verses 1 through 3 are, verses 4 through 6, which we'll focus on today, are, they're kind of reassuring. It kind of comes on that back end, and it's like, oh, Thank you, I needed this stuff. And each one of us in here, we need balance, don't we? We absolutely need balance. It's like, I can, during worship, it's like, oh, I'm just basking in the Holy Spirit and it feels so good. 
But then the pastor gets up there and he starts throwing the word at us and that doesn't always feel that good. It's a little convicting sometimes and it's challenging, but there's this balance here, right? And that's why we end. That's why we sandwich, right? We sandwich the word between worship. We start with it, we end with it, and everything that comes in between, is it just all goes together. We need that kind of balance in our lives as a church, but you guys need that same balance in your individual lives, right? So if you're, man, I love reading Scripture. That's all I do is read Scripture. It's like, but do you also worship God? Do you also take time to pray? See, we can get out of whack like that. Man, I just worship all day long, but where's the Word in there? Where's the prayer in there? See, we need that. We need that balance. And, and God is the ultimate master at this bringing balance. It's like, it's like through the Holy Spirit, He speaks to us and He says, okay, here, here's what you need to do, right? I'm telling you, this is what you need to do. And not only that, here is how to do it. It's like, thank you, Jesus. You told me what I needed to do. And He also told me how I'm supposed to do it. But, but, but then Jesus comes back and he says, also be encouraged. Be encouraged because I'm with you. I'm with you and you, you've got this. So, so it's, okay, I need to do this. This is how to do it. And you're with me? That should do something within us. That should, that should well up inside of us and say, man, God, if you are with me, who can be against me? I can't do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Has anyone else experienced that in, in, in their prayer time? It's like, okay, God, you're asking me to do this, and now you're showing me how to do it, and now you're giving me the encouragement to do it. If, if you're not experiencing that, I would encourage you to press in just a little bit, just a little bit further. Because sometimes the reassurance doesn't come until after your compliance. That can be a hard one right there. Because I want to be reinsured in whatever I do. No matter how I do it, even if it borderline, even if it's on the edge of being sinful or disrespectful to God, just reassure, reassure me and tell me that, that I'm, a, I'm great and I, I'm doing good. But, but a lot of times that reinsurance doesn't come until after our compliance. Compliance meaning our relationship, our deep day-to-day, hour-to-hour relationship with God, relying upon Him, complying with His truths and His statement and His words. So let's read through verses 4 through 6, and then, then we'll break them down. So if you have your Bibles today, flip it over. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. It says this, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is with you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. I mean, you guys know listening is incredibly important. Not all of us are good at listening. We love to talk, but we don't always love to listen. See, this right here, this, this passage, it's an incredible passage of Scripture for us right now, right? Wouldn't you agree that it's, it's very appropriate for us today? 
It seems like I hear myself saying that over and over and over. Hey, this portion of Scripture is great for us today. Because you know what? Scripture is great for us today. So let's dig into this encouraging passage and see what's happened. Because I, I don't know about you, but for me it feels like the, the confidence that this passage brings is really the exact confidence that I need right now. How many of you guys feeling like a little bit of confidence in your life would be a good thing? I do. John starts out with an address that, that we've heard before. We've actually heard it in, in chapter 2, verse 1. And he uses this great term, little children. Little children. In some ways, people could read this and say, that's kind of disrespectful. Who wants to be talked about like a little child, right? If, if you come in to talk to me and I look at you and I'm like, little kid, come on. That can be derogatory, right? But, but that's not what John is doing here. He uses this term, little children, and it actually has a couple of implications here. First of all, once again, John is deliberately assuring that those who have remained in these churches are still thought of as his spiritual children. This principle of having spiritual children or having a spiritual adoption, that's a beautiful principle. Not everybody out there has a biologic parent that is truly um, in a good place with their own faith. So sometimes they need somebody to guide them, to mentor them, to disciple them. That's this idea of, of, of being a, a spiritual father to people, a spiritual mother to people. A lot of us in here have spiritual fathers or spiritual mothers. A lot of us in here are spiritual fathers or spiritual mothers. So, so John is, is using this word little children to say, hey, I, I love you guys. I, I, I look at you as my, my children and, and, and I, I want to be your spiritual father to, to protect you and to guide you and to keep you on the right path. Now after all that has been going on in these churches, right? All these people that have left these churches that have said, hey, we've got a higher um, revelation of spiritual things and they're, they're preaching all this false theology. And, and just within the, the church bodies, there was all this, this uproar and, and, and tribulation going on. And, and now John comes back and, and he says, oh, little children, little children, I love you. Everything that, uh, that implies. How, how inspiring must that have been to the people in these churches. To hear that from the Apostle John himself, I think that's an amazing thing. See, being reminded that, that you are, in fact, a part of a much bigger family, the family of God. That's always a good thing, isn't it? If you're in here this morning, if you're listening online, be encouraged that you're a part of a family. You're a part of this church family, but you're also a part of a much bigger family, and that is the family of God. So that's really the first thing that this little children statement implies. The second thing, the second thing, John is using this term to address all of the faithful, right? Not those in individual churches, but the Christian community as a whole. Because remember, what was going on was not going on in a single church. It was going on in, in this region. It was a lot of churches that were going on. So, in, so instead of 
God, or John speaking and saying, hey, I'm addressing this simply to Bridge Assembly, Helena, Montana. It's only for you guys. This term, little children, it, it, it's the whole. It's everybody. And it's, a, it's principles that we too need to hear and we too can accept. See, so often what is happening in one church is also happening in multiple churches. Sometimes we, we make the mistake of thinking that we are so unique, that we are so different, that we are so set apart in a good way or a bad way than, than the rest of God's kingdom. Right? We can do that as a church. We can do that individually. We, we need to not think that way and understand there's a bigger picture that is always going on. And then the third reason, and this is probably my favorite reason that he uses this term, little children, it's, it's because this simple phrase reminds the reader of the words that Jesus himself spoke in, in Matthew 18, 3 and 4. It says this, it says, truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. See, the term little children inspires us to cling to this childlike faith that we're supposed to have. Childlike faith, it's passionate, it's intense, it's pure. There's humility in there. There's a whole lot of excitement in there. It's things that we can lose, right? And it's crazy. The longer we're a Christian, the more we lose those things. It's because we've allowed Christian to become normal. And if you don't remember, I did a message on that around Christmas. See, a faith full of wonder. And it's a faith full of a longing to be with Jesus. Little kids, they just, they just want to be around their parents. They just want to be around people. We need to have that same wonder and that same longing, that same ability to want to learn, right? Little children know they don't know anything. So it makes it so fun to be around little children. You can tell them anything and they'll believe it. Yeah, stick that fork in the toaster. Um, that, that we haven't... No, we don't do that at our house. Not not since Colton learned that learned that lesson. You know, Zana is benefiting from our parenting experience with with two boys. But little children are like that. They want to know everything. They want to ask questions, and and they're seeking knowledge and they're seeking wisdom. And that's the kind of faith that we need to have. See, a childlike faith that believes, truly believes in the majesty of God. God is amazing. God is wonderful. Think back when you first came to Jesus. Everything was just like, oh my goodness, how have I lived without Jesus in my life? This is amazing. He is the best thing ever. Several years later, sometimes we cool to that. No, capture that childlike faith. Little children. Simply relying upon Him and not needing or desiring anything else. I want to be there, right? I want to live that way every single day. See, the false sophistication of those who had left these churches, that reeked of their arrogance. Their claims were boasts about themselves and their importance. 
But having the humility of a child allows us to, to recapture the amazement that we once had. And John here is reminding the faithful to cling to God with that childlike faith. So let's take it a step further. Now it says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. This is a big thing right here. This is a huge thing. Because you are, because of your continued faith, your, your childlike faith in Christ, and the true gospel, you are from God. Amen. We need to adopt this same mindset. When we are spiritually and biblically sound, when we have continued to pursue a relationship with Christ, when we have accepted the gift of salvation, when we carry a humble and a repentant heart, we can confidently declare that we are from God. That is our identity. That is our true identity. That is the identity that we are to be living under and also the identity that other people are to be seeing in us. Amen? Covert Christians. Well, I'm a Christian, but don't tell anybody. I'll, 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 I'll dress in a way that, that, that causes people to think I'm just a normal worldly person, but deep down in my heart, I love Jesus. That's not how we are supposed to live. People are supposed to look at us from a hundred yards off and say, man, that, that person's a Christian. They love Jesus. It happens all the time, right? We can go to stores and it's just like, yeah, something different about that person. I bet they love Jesus. Get in a conversation with them. Wow, they do love Jesus. Or vice versa. Right? So allow that identity that God has bestowed upon us to be our identity. See, too many Christians need to stop nitpicking themselves and live the identity the Father has for them. Sometimes Christians are the hardest upon themselves than, than anybody. No, I'm not good enough. Well, did God really? Well, how could God? Little children... You are from God and you have overcome them because of your desire for the truth and the strength of your faith. You have overcome the false prophets and the antichrists that are, that are trying to, to push their agenda upon you. See, the word overcome here means to, to conquer or to carry off the victory. It means to come off victorious. How many of you guys in here feel like you've overcome? Some? Some parts of my life, yeah, and other parts. No, I mean, gosh, two years ago, our, our world was, I mean, it was overturned, right? Everybody was quickly in a panic. We didn't know what was going to happen. It's hard to feel victorious when you're living in a time where there's so much panic, right? But Jesus himself tells us that we are victorious through him. See, this word overcome that's used here in this portion of 1 John, it's the same word, it's the exact same Greek word that is found in the book of Revelations over 15 times. 
you've ever read the book of Revelations. Oh, that scary book. I don't want to read that scary book. There's so much good in there. And it, it, they, they have overcome the evil one with the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They will overcome. It's a, it's a wonderful word. So again, I ask, how many of you here today feel like a conqueror? You more hands? I'll say this, we're supposed to, right? We're supposed to and we should. See, this, this is where the word hyperkineo comes from. And that's another Greek word, and that's a Greek word that we find in Romans 8.37. Why do you know this one? In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Oh my goodness! I thought I was just supposed to be a conqueror. Now I'm supposed to be more than a conqueror. Amen. Nothing here on earth and nothing in the spiritual realm has authority over us. We are under the authority of Christ. Not powers, nor principalities, and not false prophets. See, our lives need to be modeling that as an overcomer despite and in the face of what this world throws at us. The world has failed us and the world will continue to fail you. So get with the one that can make you a conqueror. The one that can make you an overcomer. Now look at the last part of verse 4 and it's, it's a passage We've all heard before, it, it says this. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Anybody ever hear that? See it on a t-shirt, bumper sticker, bookmark? That's a, that's a big one. Man, that's like a $20 verse right there. That's the one that, man, there's some verses we know and some that are like, man, I've never heard that before. Everybody has said this. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. We use that as encouragement to other people, right? We want to encourage people that are in a bad place or, or they're struggling and we just say, man, Jesus and he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. It's true. Sometimes we use it as more of a just, well, I don't know what to say, so if I say this, it's probably the right thing to say, but we're not quite sure. Well, we need to stand on this. We need to have a greater understanding that Jesus, who is within us, the Holy Spirit, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. If we are with Jesus, then who can be against us? It's because Jesus is greater than anything in this world. See, the false teachers that have left these churches, they do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them because that requires fellowship. Fellowship is possible between God and His children only through Jesus and by way of the Holy Spirit. The false teachers who had led many out of these churches, they're without that same fellowship. That's why they're preaching a false gospel. That's why John is saying, hey, test every spirit because they're preaching the wrong spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Fellowship. And without true fellowship with God, there is no love. See, the influence of Satan can be in the world, right? You guys believe the influence of Satan can be in the world? You guys believe the influence of Satan is in the world for sure? I don't think anybody can argue with that. And the spirit of the Antichrist 
can be the false teaching that's trying to propagate the world. Again, I don't think you can argue with that. Just look around. But living in God is only possible by the children of God. Right? You want to live for God, you've got to be a child of God. You want to be in God's kingdom, you've got to understand terms like redeemed, born again, those type of things. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta cross that line. We gotta, we gotta go there in each one of our lives. And when He is in us, it's probably more accurate to say when we are in Him, we look at this world differently because He is greater than this world. He is the authority. He is the absolute. He is the author and He is the finisher. Amen? Amen. we got to get excited. we gotta, we got to get excited about biblical truth that causes us to be overcomers, to cause us to be not only conquerors, but more than conquerors. Abundance within our life, right? I mean, you guys are living an abundant life versus how many are just getting through day to day to day. Now we keep going and verse 5 comes along and it helps us to open our eyes to what is going on with, with so many that are around us. Verse 5, they are from the world, therefore they speak from the world and the world listens to them. This right here, this sentence right here really should bring such great understanding to each one of us. See, the false teachers that have left these churches, the false prophets that have left these churches, and the ones that are operating in this day and age, they're from the world. Remember, there's no middle ground. If you're not with God, if you're not a child of God, you're not redeemed by the blood of Jesus, if you're not that, then you're automatically over here. There is literally no middle ground. See, they are based in the world. Therefore, they have to operate by the world's standards. Being based in the world, operating under the world's standards, well, obviously, they speak the world's language. So it is no surprise that the world listens to them. Do you guys ever just sit back and listen? Maybe you're at a movie theater. Maybe you're at Walmart. I don't know, maybe you're at a restaurant. You ever just, just sit back and listen to the conversations of the people that are around you? Listen to what they're talking about. Listen to the crowds. You know, maybe you're all walking in the same direction and instead of talking, you're listening. Just listen. Oh, what are they talking about? Is that rude? Right? I mean, you're in a public place, so it's public. So you're listening to them. You're listening again to their conversations. You're listening to their viewpoints. And what is being spoken about is so foreign to you that it actually sounds like a different language. Have you ever experienced that? I do it all the time. It's crazy. See, it can sound familiar because we all spoke that language at one time in our lives. Before we came to Christ, that's the language 
that we spoke, but now it's hard to listen to. It's actually hard to rationalize what they're talking about. You following me or am I the only crazy person in here? Sometimes I wonder, are those voices just in my head? And then I realize, no, there's people around me and they're speaking and, and I'm hearing it. And, but what they're saying is so crazy. It is so crazy. It is so far out there. But it's the language of the world. And that is the language that the world recognizes. Listen closely to me here. False teachers, false prophets, and false religions make sense to the world because their theology, their thinking, and their philosophy, it embraces the world. This is by no means contained to just false teachings about Jesus Christ and the gospel, but it really includes everything from astrology to atheism. It speaks the language of false justice and in perverted mindsets. I mean, really, look at the language that's being propagated today. It's transgenderism. It's critical race theory. It's abortion rights. It's radical environmentalism. It's this victimization mentality that the world is against me and I'm only a victim. It's division. Isn't it division? It's not to mention all the false religions and cults that are out there. The reason they have success is because they speak the world's language. And the world's language loves to tell people what they want to hear. Now, I know this has probably happened to a lot of us in here. Now we're in this group. We're in this, this conversation and we bring up our faith. We start talking about Jesus Christ, the one who died for us. His, his blood was shed, so I don't have to experience death, eternal death. But because of Jesus, I have redemption with the Father, right? And I know that my eternal destination will be with the Father in heaven. And the people we're talking to are going, what? What craziness is it? What, is God like a ghost? or what? Oh no, that's religious stuff. I, we don't discuss religious stuff here and, and all this. Man, they don't understand that language. We're speaking in a language that we understand. We're speaking in a language that they can't understand. Does that mean we shouldn't try to reach people? Absolutely not. What it means is we need to sometimes combine the two languages, right? We need to... We need to speak to them in a manner that they understand, but with the truth of Jesus Christ. How do we do that? We invite the Holy Spirit to be a part of that conversation. Think about when somebody led you to the Lord, or maybe you were sitting in church, or, or it was a process, or maybe you were trying to read the Bible and it didn't make sense, and then all of a sudden it started to make sense. It's the involvement of the Holy Spirit. Now look at verse 6. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Very black and white here, isn't it? It's very no middle ground-ish here. No middle ground. There's no gray areas here. The language of the world 
and the language of the kingdom are radically different. They're radically different. See, this passage in 1 John that, that John is writing to the churches, it actually parallels what Jesus says in, in John eight forty seven. Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. See, when we isolate ourselves, when we deny Jesus, when we are ignorant to Christ, we don't hear the words. That's why they call the lost the lost, right? Because they're literally lost. They're deaf. They can't understand these. Look also in, in John 10, 4 and 5. I love this passage. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. Jesus is talking about a shepherd and, and what the sheep do. Sheep are dumb. Sheep are incredibly dumb. But sheep are smart enough to know the voice of their master, right? So if we, have, if we were all shepherds, we could go out there and we're around our sheep enough. We talk to our sheep enough. Sometimes people don't listen, so we go talk to sheep. We talk to them and they, begin to, they know our, our voice. So then I can walk out and I can talk to my sheep. I can call my sheep. And, and they want to come to me because they know my voice. But if a stranger comes along and says, hey, get in the truck. I'm taking you to market. They're going to be like, I don't know your voice. I'm going to flee from you. It's us. We're sheep. That's the, that's the surprising part about that passage. We're the sheep. We're the dumb sheep. But we need to be smart enough to know the voice of our shepherd. To know the voice of our Master. So what voice are you listening to? This morning, what voice are you listening to? Before church, what voice were you listening to? Eh, you don't need to go today. You're just speaking on the same thing. It's all the same. Wouldn't you rather the sun's going to come out? It's going to be a nice day. Wouldn't it be nice if you didn't? What voice are you going to listen to this coming week? You're a failure. You're not that good. You deserve it. You should do this. There's all these voices that are being flung at us. Which voice will you choose to recognize and which voice will you choose to hear? See, the tragedy of all this, it's also the reality of all this, is the world has no choice. The world has no choice. There is only one language they understand. That is the language of the world. That's why they look at us from Home Depot on a Sunday morning and think, boy, don't they know they could get so much done if they'd just skip church and work on their yard, shovel their snow, fix their house? But here they are devoting a couple hours and they're going to this place and I don't even know what they talk about. No, you don't know what we talk about because this language is foreign to you because you won't humble yourself. Seek the Master, the Shepherd, and allow Him to give you a new voice. The world really has no choice. It's the only language that they can understand. It's the only language that makes sense to them. But here's the thing. As Christians, each one of us, we're bilingual. We have a choice 
to what language we will recognize, to what language we will let in, to what language we will listen to. It's a choice that we must make. By default, because of the sinful nature of man, by default, without pursuing the language of the kingdom, we revert into the language of the Lord. I want to end with this. I want to end with what Paul said to the church in Corinth because it works in here really, really well. 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 15. I didn't do a slide because it'd be on so many different slides. But if you, if you can, flip over in your Bibles, write it down, check it out later. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 through 15. Listen to this. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would have they, not, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. We can't even imagine what God has prepared for those who have loved him. It's the language of love. It's the language of life. Verse 10 goes on. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Not through man's wisdom. Not through pop culture. Not through the world language. But it's revealed through the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything. Even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him. So also... No one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. We are in part, and we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. He doesn't understand that language, does he? And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritual, spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. Worship team, if you guys want to come up here. There's far too many Christians in our world today, in our nation today, even in our town today, maybe even in this church today, that are very much bilingual, but they're choosing to listen to the world. The world's language causes everything that God says the truth of God itself to be folly, to be weird, to be... Well, 
So we need to align ourselves with the Spirit, don't we? We need to align ourselves with the Scripture. We need to align ourselves with Jesus Christ Himself. See, it's Jesus Christ that allows us to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. What did he say when he ascended? I gotta go, man. I gotta, I can't be here with you. I know you want me here with you, but I can't. I gotta ascend. And when I do, though, I'm gonna send the gift. I'm gonna send the Spirit to each one of you. Not just you 12 or 120 or however many at that point, right? But he's saying, I gotta go. So I can send the Holy Spirit to those who call upon my name. And they're going to become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And it's going to give them a new language. It's going to give them a kingdom language. Things of the Bible, truth, Scripture itself is now going to be comprehensible. They are going to be able to understand the living Word of God. Because the Holy Spirit is involved. We can never separate the two. We should never try to separate the two. Don't try to separate the Bible and the Holy Spirit. The Bible is alive because of the Holy Spirit. The Bible is comprehensible to us because of the Holy Spirit. And it's all because of the sacrifice that Jesus made. Will you go ahead and turn the lights all the way down? Once again, I had no idea how to end this service. And once again, God instructed me and showed me during worship. I think there's people in here today that are guilty of listening to the language of the world. You're still bilingual. You just have to make that choice. I also know that there's people in here that may not be bilingual. You might only understand the language of the world. Let me assure you, that you're in the right place this morning. You're absolutely in the right place this morning. So wherever you are, maybe you need to come to Christ for the first time. Maybe you need to just come back to Christ. Maybe you just, you got Christ. You're operating in the Holy Spirit. You're listening to the Holy Spirit. But you need just that reassurance. Maybe you just need to repent this morning. Man, you've had a hard week. You've had a hard morning. You need to get up. You need to repent. I want everybody in here to close their eyes. Just close your eyes. No big deal. It's a safe place. If you're feeling a tug, if you're feeling conviction, your stomach's churning a little bit, don't know what's going on. If you have, if you have a desire to bolt for the door right now, it's usually the Holy Spirit. There's confirmation, there's conviction within the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask you right now, if you feel apart from God in any way, you've never made a decision for Jesus Christ in your life, if you just need to reaffirm that relationship, if you just need to re-choose the language of the kingdom, I just want you to slip up a hand right now. No biggie. Slip up a hand right where you are. Yep. Yep, doesn't have to be super high. Slip it up, hands going up. It's good, you're not the only one in here. A lot of us, a lot of us need to do that. I want you to act upon that this morning. 
And I want to make it really easy to act upon that. I want, if you guys are on the ministry team, any ministry team, will you guys just come forward and spread yourselves out here? Charmaine, you come on up too. We got people up here that are absolutely 100% willing to listen to you, to pray with you, to give you insight, and to give you the Word of God. These guys up here aren't scary. Well, a couple of them might be. But they're good people. They're not going to judge you. They're not going to hold anything against you. This is where we have opportunity in the service. During this last, or second to the last, man, we could worship all day for all I care. During this song, if, if the Holy Spirit is working in you, if He's convicting you of anything, if He's leading you, if He's pressing into you, respond to that. Don't let that time get away from you, but respond to that. Come on up here. Grab me and Amy if everybody's busy. Take some time to pray with these people. Or we've got this nice space right here. Just get before God on your own. Once again, there's value when we step out of our seats and we press in. It's not a supernatural thing at the altar, but it's a humbling of us. Childlike faith, little children, they want to run to whatever they want to get to. They see it, they run to it. We need to have that same thing. So as everybody stands up, still with your eyes closed, let's pray. We're going to worship. And then I can't encourage you more to come up here, hit the altar, pray with somebody. Make this time count. Father, Lord, thank you for your word. Once again, thank you so much for your word. It's so beautiful. Lord God, we should feel like conquerors. Lord, if, Lord, if nobody feels like a conqueror in here, if they don't feel like, like an overcomer, if they feel like the world has gotten them down, Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, lead them to the altar to get with you, to pray with somebody so that you can reorientate them. Fix their eyes upon you and speak the language of the kingdom. Lord, there's so many broken hearts around. There's so much hopelessness around. Hope is only found in you. Completeness is only found in you. Confidence is only found in you. Being a conqueror, being more than a conqueror, it's only through you. So Lord God, we humble ourselves this morning. And we love you, Jesus. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com. And we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.